This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just like that, the final hour of the Monday edition. Hot Mike with Edna Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. You can join us, YouTube, streaming live at outkick.com as well. Search out Outkick on YouTube. You can hit that subscribe button. Chad is in the chat. Join us there. Chad, great to have you back out on Friday. And uh, Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, back in the chat. I know uh, I, I peeked in and saw that there were complaints that you weren't in there. They oh, said, yeah, oh, oh so Friday. Chad, yeah, they did. So Chad's not going to be available to chat today. Well, first off, let me apologize to everyone that's in the chat that of my they absence say this. on Friday, but I'm happy to be back in the chat today. We're, we're going back and forth. Uh, it's been, I think, a positive chat. We're always producing things, yeah. getting to a conclusion. It's been a great time. David Pollock will join us coming up later this hour. Hutton, I, I requested a hat. I've got you. That I wanted from Old Smokey or Yeehaw. Uh, Hutton has chosen a hat to me for me that he will now bequeath to me on air. Yes, you, legally, it is your royal right. You can have either one there. I figured you would like the gray uh, with the green, or uh, that's the old smoky hat or the yeehaw hat here, which is white. I'm a fan the of the uh, gray old smoky. There you go. So I'll take the uh, the yeehaw white. Look at that. There you go. Yeehaw and f- old smoky. Yeehaw. Six of Peabody, our location. I'm not yeehaw a flat bill guy like our old guy Colin over here, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, get this thing worked out a little bit, then I'll wear it. Davey, are you upset? You can thumbs up, thumbs down on uh, not getting the hat. You can have this one. This matches you, by the way. There you go. He's upset, yeah. He's mad. Um, we don't how, allow Davey to speak outside of his own segments. How, so. <laughs> how, how upset? He will speak when spoken to. How upset? You let the boy watch. Is, <laughs> Davey's only allowed to watch. Yeah, look, at how, this, look at this movement. Chad, how upset is Robert Kraft at Bill Belichick? I mean, okay, th- this has been going on for a while beneath the surface. And then you had the rumors creep into he's got to win in Germany. It's an important game against the Colts. I mean, both teams were awful. But he, they come back from uh, the, the Europe trip, losing for the first time there as a franchise with, with Belichick as the head coach. And, well, now they go into the bye week. And I'm not buying into... and. and We've seen crazier things happen. I'm not buying into you fire Bill Belichick now when you could potentially trade him and his contract. But you do if you're certainly just so angry behind the scenes. And that's really what it comes down to. The details of we don't know how this relationship has deteriorated. Because it has. And it's been doing that since Brady bolted. And that was the the whole saga there. Brady wasn't great. The offense wasn't great. Belichick and Brady had something going on there. We knew the split could happen. Kraft tried to keep it together. He had that last-minute meeting with him. And if I want to say Belichick wasn't there for that. What, was it Ben Volen that had the report that uh, if things don't go well in Germany, maybe? Yeah. It, it, something like that. really Volen, things go well in and, Germany? And Volen has been there for some time it, it, with, the, with the Herald. He, he also – he's the same report, reporter that had the, uh, the two sources – around the Patriots organization that it is 
without a doubt that Vrabel is the home run hire to replace Belichick if, in fact, that's going to happen. Well, I, look, I, I think Robert Kraft is upset with Bill Belichick. Uh, amazing instant gif of Bill Belichick in the toboggan hat, and he was having what looked like a migraine coming on with that last interception where it's just in slow-mo and he's putting his hands on his temple and kind of rubbing the side of his head as his eyes close in frustration late in that game. Matt Jones is decidedly not the guy in New England. Uh, he has proven that time and time again and proved it again in this game on an awful interception where he's falling, fading away, throwing off one foot for no reason. There's no pressure around him, and he lobs it right to a Colts player. It, it was a horrible play. Um, I think this is going to be the the end for Bill Belichick. I don't – you don't fire Bill Belichick midseason. I mean, that's – look, it, it's a cutthroat business, all that. This guy won you multiple Super Bowls and is a legendary coach in New England. Yeah. You don't fire that guy because you're mad about a trip to Frankfurt, Germany and a loss and the way things have gone. So he's going to make it to the end of the season. Hutton, you mentioned possibly trading him. I think the wheels are coming off a little bit in New England. And Mac Jones is not their guy. They got to go find a quarterback. It's not Bailey Zappi either. Well, they're going to be in position to get one. Yeah, they're going to they're going to draft among the worst teams right now in the NFL. Right now, they would have uh, a top five pick, and they could potentially end up with a top three pick. But it was all said and done. They also have the second most cap space of any team next year, other than the Tennessee Titans. So they can rebuild, and they're going to have to. The question is, is Belichick there to do that? He shouldn't be. Or if, if Kraft is going to bring in his own general manager and then hire the head coach. He, he did comment, by the way, um, to Rich Eisen and said this prior to the, the game in Germany. Quote, I'm talking about Robert Kraft. It's our 30th year that I've had the privilege of owning this team. And I've never been 2-7. and seven. So it's really disappointing. I had hoped that things would be a lot better as I know our fan base did. And I hope today is a chance to reset and make this a much better year. This isn't what we were expecting to happen this year. That from Kraft. That's the first we've heard from him. Yeah, and... Other than the uh, Hall of Fame induction for Vrabel and company, and also from Brady earlier this year for the Patriots I, I don't think the current setup can continue where Bill Belichick has total control as GM and coach. Now, in a scenario where... You force the hand a bit and hire a GM that's going to be in charge of personnel, and Bill Belichick's agreeable to that, and all those things. I don't, I don't know that's going to be the case. Then maybe you give him a chance to lead this next version of the team, but it's going to be a next version of the team because they're going to be drafting quarterback in the first round. They're moving on from Mac Jones. He's not the answer, and I don't know that sticking with Bill Belichick in this next era is the right decision for Kraft. And I feel like he knows that. I also think. You pay the guy enough respect that you don't fire him midseason. He completes the season. Then you make your decision. I totally You agree. allow him to get this team to improve, to see what Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones has, the rest of it, whatever it is. You allow him that opportunity and don't do anything midseason. I hope they don't. Um, from uh, Ari Miroff, Chad, at the 33rd team. Not Dove Climb. Not Dove Climb. Uh, I get the two confused. Tom Brady lost 66 games over his 20 years in New England. So. How many have they lost since 2019 when he left? Since he left? 33 times. So half half as many games as Brady lost in 20 years as the Patriots QB. And that's a testament to Tom Brady. I mean, the more the more this longer this goes, it's more and more just fitting tributes to Tom Brady. It is. 
in his time there. I, I am convinced that all of that Patriot way and that culture, it was some Bill Belichick, no doubt. It yeah. was being able to tolerate his personality and him being a great defensive mind and all of that. But a lot of it was the, the tolerance of that personality and the way that locker room operated. There was a judge, jury, and executioner, and his name was Tom Brady and not Bill Belichick at times. They followed Brady. I think Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, would probably tell you that also. And he had a big part in that culture while he was there. A lot of guys in that team did. but it was A, a lot of people. It yeah. was a self-police type situation. And Belichick, certainly, I'm not trying to undermine his role with that, but it's, it's more Tom Brady than Bill Belichick, everything that went on. It's pretty easy to say that now. Talent evaluators, well, they miss a lot. But when you hit, you hit big. And when you miss on a, a, a level where you need a player and he's long gone, it sticks around a bit. I thought trading away Joshua Dobbs would come back to bite Cleveland. Hasn't been the case. They win yesterday in a comeback victory over Baltimore. But what Dobbs has done, Chad, is crazy. Where he signs off the practice squad from Detroit in Nashville last, late last year. And since then... Goes to Cleveland, signs with them again. He's back with the Browns. Then he's traded right before the regular season starts. Then after the, the recent loss for him uh, as the Cardinals starter, he's told that, well, he's going to be the guy. And they're going to stick with Dobbs. That's what they told him. And then all of a sudden, news comes out that, well, Murray could be back. If not, we're going on the road against the Browns. Maybe... You know, we, we may consider a, a different quarterback. And then uh, it was announced, like, a, what, 24 hours later? Yeah, Dobbs is the backup. Kyler Murray can start, and if not him, it'll be Clayton Toon. <laughs> and then he's traded at deadline. And then he goes and wins, and then wins again. And I, I, did I think he was going to go on the road and win in Atlanta? It's possible, because they were going up against an Atlanta team that had just benched their starter. Did I think he was going to back it up again? No. Not to this level, and not against the Saints' defense, and he did. And now, at what five and four, it's on the table for Minnesota with their upcoming schedule. Uh, I and I mean, is he staying in a, like an extended stay suites right now? I, I'm guessing. Like, I, I doubt he's even got a condo. He's probably sleeping in a hotel still in in maybe, Minnesota. Maybe he does today. It's been such a whirlwind. Someone's gonna have to set that up for him. Yeah. Uh, because he he's working each day and then you know just basically going somewhere to sleep at night. Chad, upcoming schedule: Broncos, Bears, Raiders, Bengals. Broncos, Bears, Raiders. Next three for Minnesota this year. It, it, it's one of the more incredible stories, not just this year, uh, but in recent NFL memory. When, when you I think agree. about it, um, how difficult it is six and four now. By the way, so thank you, Minnesota. So I, I was double checking on that. I thought they went two games ahead of five hundred. Six and four, manageable schedule moving forward. It wasn't a one-game fluke. He got it done, and he got it done in crunch time against the Falcons, and he comes back to have really an even better game uh, against the Saints, and this one a more complete game, passing the ball as well. Uh, remarkable story. Uh, clearly well-liked by his team, and it's one thing to be well-liked and a good guy in the locker room. It's another thing to be a guy that guys rely on, that they look to for leadership. They say, oh, this guy can go win games for us. He's showing that. Showed it against the Falcons. Got a good connection with TJ Hawkinson. Getting a good connection going with Jordan Addison. Justin Jefferson should be back at some point also. Keep that in mind. I think it could be this week. Crazy stat. The Vikings are 5-0 and without Justin Jefferson and 1-4 and with him. 
so far this year. They are undefeated without Justin Jefferson playing. That's and crazy. he's probably the best receiver, if it's him or A.J. Brown right now, one of the best receivers in the NFL. He won 13 last year with him. Yeah. <laughs> but they've done they've gotten the job done without him this year. Now, what does Dobbs do with him? You know, that's the next step. Yeah. I, well, I think he's going to be better. I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to think that he's going to be worse well, once he like, gets Justin uh, Jefferson back. Yeah, but it, again, like, it, what, what are they capable of? Anything. Because the, the Lions get a nice win yesterday, but the, the Vikings are keeping pace. And I believe we've got a, a matchup with them coming up, Vikings and Lions. Yeah, uh, uh, Christmas Eve. Lions at Vikings. Followed by Vikings-Packers uh, to end the season for Minnesota. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, the, it's the best story, and they, they're winning their fifth straight game uh, doing so. He is so much fun. The, the Kyler Murray scramble yesterday was awesome to watch where he runs about 70 yards to pick up that first down on the final drive. Watching Josh Dobbs run as a quarterback is the closest thing to me is what it was like watching Steve Young take oh. off because both those guys break tackles like a running back. You don't see many quarterbacks that are breaking arm tackles. That's Josh Dobbs. He has a running back mentality when he takes off and runs. He had another spinning, spins out of a sack, goes right a little bit, breaks left, and has a long run in yesterday's game for a touchdown that left Kevin O'Connell kind of shrugging his shoulders um, like the dude in the, the Bulls documentary after he wins in quarters against uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, he's awesome to watch. I, I've always loved watching the guy going back to college, but I don't think the rushing ability is going to be there forever. I think teams right are going to catch up to that in the NFL and shut some of that off, but when you can break a sack and break contain, there's no stopping that play. And Dobbs has been able to do it now a few times since uh, he started playing with the Vikings. I'm just seeing this on uh, social. So uh, Johnny Menzel, Johnny Football, has offered to help the Texas A&M coaching search. It's good Quote, I have faith in A&M leadership to put somebody in place to get us where we need to be. Pieces for success are in the building. However, I can help in any capacity. I would, I would love nothing more. Johnny Football. I'm trying to think of who he would know. Like who could they send in? Like Everyone. if Johnny Football is There's the closer, no telling, dude. but I'm saying if you're A&M and he, you need his help, like he's the closer, <laughs> but who would he be the closer with? So, uh, hey, before you leave and go back to Oregon, Dan, Dan Lanning, I'd like, we got someone here that's about to walk in the room that would like to talk to you. In walks Johnny Football and he seals the deal. Yeah, but uh, Kingsbury was his, was his quarterback coach, right? Yeah. His Heisman year. That's, I mean. Kingsbury's the one that can get it done. They want to bring Kevin Sumlin back. He can make that happen, too. <laughs> you guys want to go back to my coach? I, I'm eager to see what, who the number one name is for them. Well, I, it's one thing. Okay, two, two routes here, right? And one of them does not lead to financial responsibility, which I think we need to return to in college football because buyouts for coaches is way out of hand right now. If you want to go bigger than when you hired Jimbo Fisher with a better resume, contact Urban Meyer and see if he's willing to come back to college football. That's the only way to do it. He's the only guy. That's the only guy with a better pre-existing resume with a national championship, multiple ones at different schools on his resume that you could go after and try to get. I don't think they go that route. We had Billy Lucian. He said it's going to be more of a mid-level coach and not some of the biggest names on the list because they don't have Strickland Strickland's hiring recently I uh, I also firmly believe you get the right guy 
in that mid-level with their resources, it's going to turn into a home run if you don't go that Jimbo Fisher, Urban Meyer, big name, big fish route. So that uh, Strickland's past hires, even now at LSU, Kim Mulkey, Brian Kelly, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, there's a trend there. Yeah, I don't think Woodward. they're fo- uh, Woodward. Sorry, not yeah. Strickland. I don't think they're following that that uh, path. It doesn't sound like with with what Lucci told us. However, he did continue to hint like there's that one guy. Sounds like what what they're really thinking. You pay the buyout donor. Hey, guy, please pay the buyout for the current coach who's coaching somewhere else. We'll fund the salary. I, I don't think that's the route they should go now. I think this is a job where you go find a really good coach that really wants that job, and you give them all the NIL funds you have right now, and they will generate some excitement with players they can bring in. What we do know, though, is it, while the money may go down, money goes up for every other coach that's mentioned. With this entire process. Yep. Harbaugh says Michigan is America's team. What's next? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Chad, uh, coming up, David Pollock will join us. The Family Goals podcast host and the Pollock Family Foundation. Longtime ESPN College Game Day host. Yes. Yeah, great guy. Uh, Joins us again coming up. It's in about 20 minutes. Uh, Megan Rapino injured in her final game. And uh, postgame says, I'm not a religious person or anything. If there was a God, like, this is proof that there isn't. This is effed up. Just effed up. Six minutes in, and I eat my Achilles. And I'm thinking, um, well, she may think that that's proof that there isn't a God. I would say this: there's proof that there is, based on this. She'd be the most <laughs> unlikable person um, that comes through the headlines um, on a not a daily basis, but way too often. I find I would uh, like to ignore her. I find it to be an odd disposition to be passionately atheist to try to like sell that there is no God. Yeah, you know, if I was a religious person and believed in God, that this would be proof that there is. I'm, I'm like, if you believe in nothing, how can you be passionate about it? Right. People that are passionate about wanting to convince someone that God doesn't exist always baffles me because I'm thinking, how can you passionately believe in nothing and want to sell that point? To everyone. By the way, the opposite of this person is David Pollock will be joining us right. uh, in about 15 minutes. And so uh, six minutes in. I, I am, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful is not the right word. Congratulations to Megan Rapino, who's done a lot internationally in the game of soccer for the United States of America. Great player. In her career. I am very happy that we're probably not going to hear as much from her moving forward. I say that, Hutton, knowing that she is going to probably produce more quotes now that she is retired yeah. from soccer, and we will probably be reacting to it on OutKick and, and everywhere else uh, for years to come. That's probably going to be the case. So, unfortunately, we're still going to hear from Megan Rapino, especially after dumb comments like that. Well, let's hear from Jim Harbaugh, shall we? Here is uh, the Michigan head coach who was not on the sideline. A not Michigan man. 
the Michigan man, Jim Harbaugh, suspended for three games, the first being this past Saturday against Penn State. Doesn't matter. They took care of Penn State. Michigan, what, running how many times in the second half? 32 times in the second half? 36? It's in the 30s. 20 consecutive runs. I know that one. And, well, here's the reaction from Harbaugh about his team and their performance. The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, that uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And, yeah, watching it from, from that view on the television, I, it was finally people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. So I, I, earlier I said, I, to me, he's trolling. He, he's motivating his players, just like Kirby Smart did. It, it doesn't make sense. Kirby Smart convinced his team last we year. We were picked to lose every game this year. No one thought that they were going to win. He, he thought that and their team was just convinced that no one believed in them which is just it was, it was crazy. Um, America's team, they are not. Ann Arbor's team, yes. And everyone in Ann Arbor will make them feel like America's team. And Harbaugh's going to play into that. And I think he's really trolling Tony Petiti because consider the way they played against Penn State, and Penn State's not that good. We went through the, we no, went through the West schedule uh, way overhyped. They're okay. Um, wait, okay, but... Compared to where they're hyped in their two matchups this year. Correct. Not elite. They got Maryland coming up, Michigan does, and then Ohio State, who they have been, uh, sorry, Ryan Day, more physical than each of the last two years, especially. Um, Lou Holtz can say that, and you could get pissed at him. <laughs> I, I think this is a troll job, and we're going to continue to hear it unless there is some, you know, justice gridiron justice where one of these teams catches catches fire and does everyone a favor and hands them a loss because unless unless Ohio State or Maryland take care of business Chad Michigan's going to take the Big Ten trophy from the hands of Tony Petiti and declare themselves America's team and the suspension will be over the punishment done and they'll go on to the college football playoff and at that point all of this, we thought this would end with an injunction, and it still could. It's going to on Friday. I know Clay said he doesn't believe it will, uh, just because they didn't do it last week. But if it, if it, if it does or if it doesn't, this whole thing ends up with Michigan still right where they were going to be, and, and instead of just going about their business and clipping teams the way they were. Now they're just more or less pissed off for greatness at the fact that everyone hates them and they're going to play the heel in the WWE storyline of thanks for loving us. Well, first off, let me say Michigan's very good. Yeah. I, I can still see a scenario where they get housed by Georgia or Alabama sure. in a college football playoff game but when they go head-to-head with them. So for those that are rooting against Michigan, which is uh, I, I hate to break this, to, to Jim Harbaugh, who believes they are America's team. Yeah. Most of America is rooting like hell against the Michigan Wolverines right now because of this scandal uh, that's taking place. 
And yes, he is correct that Americans love stories of overcoming adversity. They love the guy who gets knocked down and gets back up off the mat and goes on and does great things, right? Um, When it's self-inflicted adversity that we're talking about here with Connor Stallions dressed in Central Michigan coaching gear on a sideline photograph being stupid with spy goggles on looking at the opposing signs, America doesn't really get behind those stories of overcoming adversity the way Jim Harbaugh would like for you to believe. So maybe it's trolling. Maybe he's just shockingly not self-aware. I I think it's probably he shockingly lacks self-awareness and lives in a Michigan bubble where his own president, Santa Ono, is is acting like – I I don't even want to use too extreme an example that could get me in trouble right now, but is acting like the most persecuted humans on earth and how this is just going to make the Michigan community stronger on on social media with things that he's posting. Uh, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. There's a way to go about this. And here's the the post from Santono. I mean, I'm reading this as it's written. And just listen to how dramatic this sounds. He will, he will also announce Harbaugh's extension the same way. You would think that every member of the University of Michigan Athletic Department got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer at the same moment, the way this sounds, okay? This is from Santono. Countless members of the University of Michigan family have reached out to me over the weekend, and I wanted to express my appreciation. Like any community, we face our share of challenges and adversity. There have been many such moments in our history. But as our team showed so clearly yesterday, we will respond to any challenge head on with a conviction to do better and to emerge even stronger. Go blue. That from the president of the university. This is so ridiculous. It feels like it's not real. When you start to read some of these quotes, um, I'm sure this plays well in the Michigan locker room. And I think there's a way I don't want to parse too many words you know, we, we do words for a living on this show. So we say a lot of words every day. We don't get every word right. There are things that we could go back and play on this show and say, I wish I would have phrased it this way, or I wish I would have done it this way. So I don't want to be too much in the business of parsing words. But instead of Jim Harbaugh telling America that this is America's team and that Americans love a story of overcoming adversity and you got to love what you saw on Saturday and you love this group – I think you could say it in a way that people could understand that we have very much rallied together through everything going on and we are insulated and we feel more together than ever. And I think that people can watch that and find an appreciation in it for the way we're going to play, the way we played on Saturday and the way we're going to play moving forward. I, I wouldn't have had a big issue if he said something like that because he's not wrong. You can find an appreciation for that. And if you want to go out and say, hey, our players knew not – I know they can't comment on an ongoing incident investigation, but go ahead and say publicly, our players don't know what's going on with any of this. We know the coaches do because we've seen the coordinators talking to Connor Stallions during games, but maybe the players didn't know. I buy that. I don't buy that you didn't know Jim Harbaugh, but I could buy the players weren't told that Connor Stallions was illegally getting these signals. There are ways to phrase it that could have sounded better. This just sounded so over the top, and everything coming out of Michigan sounds so dramatic and emotional that it's gotten old pretty quickly. David Pollock, uh, formerly of College Game Day, will join us coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, We heard from Desmond Howard on game day last week, and uh, again this week, uh, on Big Noon Kickoff, another Michigan man. 
Michigan man. Charles Woodson had this to say. It's a Michigan man right now. Are you upset? Well, I just listened at all of the implications, and it seems like none of the implications implicated Harbaugh. It only tells you about Connor Stallions and what he did. And I don't know if he was a rogue agent, if he was out there doing this all on his own. I, in my humble opinion, do not believe that Harbaugh knew what this young man was doing. Now, was there somebody on the staff that Stallions was talking to that knew and was maybe taking some of these signs? I don't know that. And, and I can't say it for certainty. And the NCAA didn't say it for certainty. And Tony Petiti didn't say it with certainty. So nobody can say that Harbaugh knew. They can only say that, okay, this guy was in the... Uh, uh, in, in the stands, like you got all these signs with people saying you got the glasses and this guy in the stands doing videotapes with his iPhone. What is a hundred, there's going to be 100,000 people in the stadiums today with iPhones, right? Anybody can have an iPhone. Anybody can videotape signs. So, uh, listen, am I mad? I'm only mad because I think the whole thing is Okay. Right? That's why I'm mad. But other than that, we're going to be fine. Okay. So, two things we've learned there. Uh, number one, Woodson agrees that that uh, with us, you can't really connect anything with hard evidence. We haven't heard that from Petiti, that here's why you're suspended, other than you're the figurehead of why we're suspending someone. Uh, also, um, we've also confirmed not America's team, Michigan, based on, <laughs> based on the comments there, a uh, big noon kickoff, and you hear the boos in the background. Yeah, that was the first of a few FCC violations committed by Michigan men uh, on that day yeah. on a Fox broadcast. So right. I, I'm, I'm sure that you, you quickly move on when a guy starts cursing on live television like that. But I would love for one person to follow up with Charles Woodson and ask the question, what does that say about Jim Harbaugh as a head coach of the Michigan Wolverines if you claim he had no idea about anything Connor Stallions was doing? Someone please ask a Michigan man that question next time that's brought up. What does that say that a guy he hired that he previously met with that had this entire system orchestrated, if you were claiming he had no clue whatsoever, does that undermine him as a head coach? What does that say about him as a head coach if that is in fact true? I'd love to hear that answer from Charles Woodson. Sticking with him. I'm surprised. And I love, by the way, that I can start to hear it. I can start to hear that hint of sarcasm when people use the phrase Michigan man. Now, a Michigan man, Charles Woodson. It'll be sarcasm free on out because Michigan men don't exist. They're college football fans like everyone else, like the rest of us. They're no better. They're not morally pure. They don't have better integrity. None of that is real. They're nothing. They're nothing like anything that they proclaim they are. They are college football fans that want to win like everyone else. Bo Nix right now is the Heisman favorite, odds-on favorite to win the trophy uh, after you said, but plus 185 after Oregon beat USC, and you've got the uh, Knicks who ends up going, uh, what, 22-7 was the lead and this. You've got several contenders. Is this how it's going to end up? I think it's going to end up being Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, I, I know David Pollock we're about to have on. He, he was He's listed his favorites. Um, he's got Jaden Daniels, I think, number one Daniels on his list. Daniels right now is third. Where you can bet ten to win fifty eight, yeah. which I mean they're they're not going to have the best team, but he's having a terrific year. Bo Nix makes sense. I still like Michael Penix Jr. for the award, but I do too. He's as good as anyone else. I, I, every time we mention this, though, I'm going to mention Marvin Harrison Jr. because if in fact everyone's against Michigan, the last statement that to be made 
will be Marvin Harrison Jr. in Ohio State, and he can single-handedly help win that game. Yeah, I don't think um, J.J. McCarthy has a chance for the reason that no. people aren't going to vote for someone on Michigan right, right with now, all this going on. Right now, he's 10,000. That's really the penalty, is he's not going to be included. Yeah. Um, right? I mean, that, yeah, it, it hurts I, I him. Don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's going to have a chance at it. Bo Nix makes sense. I, I, I do think there's a little bit of uh, the Devontae Smith year. Yeah. When there's not a clear-cut quarterback to be the winner, that is the year that Kinda a non-quarterback out. can slip in there and win it. You know, and that's what happened in Smith's year, where you have the, the split vote and then, well, I guess it's got to give it to the best skill position player, which was him that year. I think that you're right. And then if it's Marvin Harrison Jr. going crazy yes. and beating Michigan, yep. that's – well, whatever happens in that game is going to help right. or hurt him because that's going to be the most watched college football game of the entire season. Chad, coming up, David Pollock will join us. We'll get his take on what's gone on with the Michigan Wolverines and across college football. Let's talk about his, his awesome foundation, the Pollock Family Foundation. That's coming up with the big banquet that they have soon. That's – next on Hot Mike. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Pleased to be joined by David Pollock, college football analyst. Of course, uh, a Bulldog as well as a Bengal. And uh, now he's with the... Family Goals Podcast. He is the host of the Family Goals Podcast. And he's got a, a banquet of blessings uh, that's coming up with the Pollock Family Foundation. Uh, and he's nice enough to join us right now. David, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Dudes, uh, great to have you on. Thank you, guys. Well, tell us about the banquet that's coming up. We got a banquet um, November 20th. Our foundation's putting it on. And uh, we're, we're busting in uh, needy in the area of Athens, uh, about a thousand of them. And they're going to come in, and we literally got tables everywhere, the nicest china you can get. Um, and we're going to serve them. We're going to serve them a meal. And um, a lot of them, obviously, are homeless. A lot of them don't have a lot. And uh, we're going to serve them, try to love on them. And then we're going to uh, go over to the table, and they're going to have a, a brand-new jacket, a brand-new backpack, a brand-new sleeping bag, a coat. We're um, just going to show them, man, that they matter and try to pour some love into them. And uh, it's going to be an awesome event. It's called the Banquet of Blessings. And uh, – it's going to be uh, a lot of us that have a lot to be able to give to people that uh, that are in a little bit of a crisis or a little bit of need. I love this. And, uh, you know, the, the giving season uh, should be year-round, but, of course, at Thanksgiving, uh, you can head to PollockFamilyFoundation.com uh, to get involved there. Just check out the Banquet of Blessings. Um, man, Georgia has found their stride, right? I mean, beat down this past weekend of, of Ole Miss, and we saw that turn midway through the season. What do you make of the Bulldogs and where they're headed versus where they were at the beginning of the season where we thought, well, Georgia and Bama, just not the not the caliber we're used to, uh, but they're right there back in Atlanta. Well, I think Kirby's loved it, right? <laughs> like not being no talked about 
as number one, um, them being talked about their deficiencies. Listen, their defense has serious question marks. And watching early in the season, you saw them. And I think they needed to improve. You see them. They're starting to improve. They got the best one-two punch in the country in safety. When you, when you look at Starks and Bullard, they make plays all over the field. They can tackle. They can cover. Um, but I think what you see up front is the pass rush really, really coming along, starting to come alive, which makes this back end even better. But it's starting to get experience. But here's the thing, dude. Carson Beck started the season without their running back, Dejon Edwards and McConkie. Then Bowers got hurt. You saw this past week, dude. When you get all of them on the field, like McConkie's probably a second-round pick and receiver. Uh, Bowers is obviously a super freak. I don't know what kind of body he's got, but it ain't human. <laughs> he's Captain America, for God's sakes. And so you get him on the field with Dejon Edwards at running back, and, and you can tell the offensive line that their right tackle, who's a first-round pick, and Marius Mims comes back. So I think Georgia's starting to get healthy now. Dude, and what they showed last week, that they proved to me that they're the best team in the country. David, we have a mutual friend, a buddy of mine I grew up with, played ball with uh, my whole life growing up, Josh Clark. Uh, says hello yeah. says you guys worked out today and I said what should I ask David and he said ask about what his foundation is doing uh, for Thanksgiving I'm like well we already took care of that with the first question and he's very impressed with that also so he wanted to tell uh, tell you hello as well well Yashua appreciate that that's my dude so Michigan uh, you don't have your old colleague Desmond Howard here uh, to talk to him about this but you got Jim Harbaugh saying, hey, we're America's team now. People should rally around us. I don't think that's the case with most college football fans out there. What was your initial reaction, David, to the story when you heard about Connor Stallions? And where do you think about where this has gone with the Big Ten's response? America's team is not a cheater. I don't think that ever goes hand in hand. Um, I don't think that's the case. I do think, like, you could tell – um, in the post game and Michigan versus us, like with the beanies and, and all the emotion you can see, um, like Michigan's going to take this to heart and they're going to use it as motivation, which is good. But here's the thing when you, all you need to do is look at the coaches' responses in the Big Ten. How adamant were they that they should be punished? Like, listen, sign stealing has been going on forever, right? Like, but there's a big difference between me looking to the sideline and seeing this and going, oh, when they do this, it's power. Um, and me videotaping your signals. And, like, listen, th this is very similar to Spygate, right, with the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Like, this was, this was dirty stuff. They deserve to be punished. Um, and and I, I don't get on the train of, well, Harbaugh didn't know anything because that's what's been let out by Michigan, right? Harbaugh didn't know anything. That's your job. Your, your job as a coach is to run the, run the team and run the ship. And if people are doing stuff without you knowing – you're not doing a good job. Everybody should come to you. Everybody should answer to you. So I don't believe that for a second. Michigan's still a great football team, and they're having a great season. Um, but obviously this was disturbing, and it ticked off everybody at the Big Ten because everybody was on board with punishing them. Uh, are you good with the suspension of Harbaugh as the punishment, or do you think it should be something else, something that happens later, something more severe when you look at this season? And you nailed it clearly all 13 other Big Ten teams had no issue with this, and that's why they yeah. acted when they did. Well, it's kind of like Spygate, right? Like, we didn't know all the details. The NFL burned the tapes. Like, they wouldn't let us see it. Like, what do we really know? Like, how much more can, evidence can you give us? Because you know there's a lot more than it's being let out about what lengths they went to cheating. And, you know, listen, here's the thing. It's a competitive advantage. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's a competitive advantage. When I know what you're running – and I know how to call a defense or call an offense off of that. 
it really, really matters. And yeah, they went and beat Penn State and it was good. Um, but I think that if it's going to be something like this and we find out more details about it, then I would take something away from the players and their opportunity to compete in the postseason. Um, but I think this will be the thing to appease everybody, appease the Big Ten, but not go too far out of the realm and, and really tick anybody off. I, I think, and listen, if this was the NCAA's decision, not a dang thing would be done. That's right. They suck. They suck at everything. I mean, there's nothing that they do well or enforce in college football. They really don't have a place. It's, it's amazing how they keep making money off the sport. Um, Jimbo Fisher's bank account does not suck. <laughs> He's getting paid $77 million to fail at Texas A&M as the head coach to walk away now. Um, what do you think about that move for A&M and what they should do next with all of that NIL money and money they have with boosters at that school? What direction should they head in next? What should their mindset be for the next hire? Well, first of all, I want to get fired. I want to get fired from A&M. Like, it's, it's a good life. It's a good retirement package for, like, the whole – the, the, the whole the whole lineage of Jimbo Fisher family, for God's sakes. I mean, how, how awesome is that that he gets paid that much money? Listen, number one importance, the next guy. Listen, whatever you hire next is always the opposite, right? So Jimbo, very um, dictatorship, very in your face. They, they need somebody that can build this. It's not talent, guys. Like, you watch this roster and you see all the five stars and you see all the talent. It's evident and it's everywhere. But you've got to have somebody that can build chemistry, that can make everybody play together. Everybody wants to point to five stars this, five stars that. This is a perfect example of they have all the five stars, but if you don't know how to teamwork and gel and bring them together, it really doesn't matter. And, and it's been a colossal mistake, and it's been bad at A&M. But you know what the good thing? The good thing you said is right. Is right. They've got the money. They've got the facilities. They, they've got more money to continue to spend because they are absolutely hungry to win. So they need to find a great culture guy, a guy that can build team, a guy that's not about himself. Um, and it will be very interesting. I've already heard Deion Sanders' name uh, thrown out there because they got a lot of money and the juice he was able to, to create in Colorado. So interested to watch A&M in their next move. David Pollock, our guest on Hot Bite with Hunter Withrow here on the Outkick Network. David, um, Top four for you right now, the first two out even uh, for the college football playoff updated rankings. I, I'm sure you're going to say Georgia's going to leap Ohio State. I don't disagree with that at all based on what we've seen. How does it stack up, though? I got, I got Georgia one now. I did not have them one last week. Um, I got FSU, too. I still think FSU, when they're healthy at wide receiver, having those big playmakers, I still think Jordan Travis is a flipping problem. And when you look on the other side of the ball for FSU – they got some dudes that can rush the passer. So when I start comparing FSU to Washington, I think there's like a lot more guys that can get after the quarterback and make it hard. I got Ohio State next. Um, listen, I like Ohio State last week. I like more play action. They're going to be a run-based team. They, they, they tried to be their normal selves to start this season. That's not who they are. Like they're not good enough at the quarterback spot now with McCord to drop back and throw the ball a ton. Like they're going to have to live on the running game um, we haven't seen them play great offenses at all. So I'm interested to see if that defense is completely rebuilt or not. Um, then you got to go Washington. I think Washington's the next team. Penix Jr. can spin it, bro. Like, it's going to be interesting to watch them. They can't stop anybody, though. Like, and week after week, I'm still watching them. Um, now, listen, they've had moments in the fourth quarter and the second half when they've gotten enough stops to win football games. But if you can rush the passer and you can play a little bit of, uh, a little bit of defense against them, I, I question their defense. 
Um, next, I'm going to go Michigan, and then I'm going to go Oregon for the first two out. But listen, Michigan, I think, is a really good football team. We worry about who they play. They finally play Penn State. Interesting to me that they run the ball 39 times, like straight in the second half. Don't don't throw a pass technically. Like, does that say something about your quarterback in a game, big game? Does that say something about your your coaching now moving forward in a big game? But um, I tell you what, the winner in the rushing attack, Ohio State uh, versus Michigan, has won like the last 15 plus years. So. If you can run the football, obviously, they can still beat Ohio State. And the Ohio State-Michigan will take care of itself regardless. Where do you have Bama? And if uh, hypothetical here, if Bama goes through and beats Georgia, the number one team for the SEC title, does Bama get in and the SEC would have two at that point because Georgia's not going to fall out? Well, I mean, I think it would matter how the Ohio State and Michigan thing goes down because they're also going to be one loss. Um Bama's, Bama's loss, obviously, was a pretty bad one at home. Where does Texas wind up, by the way? Does Texas run the table, win the Big 12? Because if it's between Bama and Texas, we got to give that to Texas, yeah. correct? Like, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Bama, obviously, we know they have to win. They have to beat Georgia to get in. But you got Georgia. If, if, if Washington can stay undefeated, um, and then Georgia could be that team. Because I think Florida State's going to stay undefeated in the ACC. Um, and so now you're fighting for a couple of spots between teams that – might possibly have to say play each other, but the Ohio State or the uh, the Alabama versus Texas game that we already got to see. There is no if ands or buts. Committee did this. Committee did that. They played. Texas spanked their hiney. Like yeah. if it comes down to that, don't give me any. They've gotten better. They've improved this stuff. The, the field, the the, the, what, the product on the field, and what happened better count. PollockFamilyFoundation.com is where you can go uh, for the latest on the. Uh, a banquet of blessings, which is coming up, and you Very can cool get involved. Thing you're doing it's with it's that. fantastic. Awesome. Uh, check out the Family Goals podcast as well with David Pollock, uh, who's been our guest. Always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for the perspective and great work uh, with you and the, the family and what you're doing uh, with all the benefits around the Thanksgiving time. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good to see you. David Pollock there. Chad, do you think uh, he, he would relay the message that the Vols, uh, they're not just going to crater on Saturday? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's feeling pretty good about it. As a, as a Georgia guy, you can give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. I, I think he's feeling pretty good about Georgia on Saturday. But um, yeah, I yeah, would be big too. thumbs up. Tennessee has been a different team at Neyland. Yes, they have. Than they have on the road. Uh, I think What's that the they streak? Will, they'll respond by playing a better game they did against Missouri. I don't think it's going to matter for the win-loss column. How many straight wins at home? Tw- uh, I think Tennessee's won 13 or 14. Wow. Georgia's won 27 straight now overall. And then their winning streak their is up to loss, 27. Yeah. yeah. Um, one loss in the last three years. My buddy Josh Clark is uh, sending me things to ask him. And he said, ask him about the Dove Creek Middle School girls basketball team. <laughs> Extremely dominant. <laughs> so apparently there's a tie in there. I'm, I'm guessing with one of his kids. Uh, David does a lot of good work. I know yes, throughout the, the Athens, greater Athens area community with coaching teams. And we heard about his work with the David Pollock family, the Pollock Family Foundation. Really cool stuff with, with David Pollock. And how about that? He outright said, you know, cheaters can't be America's team. Hate to break that to Jim Harbaugh. Pretty pretty strong on his thoughts on on everything that, that went on with Jim Harbaugh. They can win the Michigan. title, though, Chad. Cheaters can win the title. NCAA will let you. You can win the title. <laughs> it would have been entertaining to hear that strength of opinion uh, on college game day if he was still on there with Desmond Howard, right? That would have been fun to watch, the back and forth You're of right. those two. Chad, uh, I'm taking the Broncos tonight, or excuse me, the Bills against the Broncos tonight. Uh, Bills minus seven is my play. 
Uh, also, Dalton Kincaid, you're, you have him on your fantasy team, right? I do. I, I'm, I'm jealous of you because I think uh, – take the over number in receptions because the Broncos give up the most on average uh, Should I go anytime TD? from a tight end. Uh, sure, do that. Should I go Dalton Kincaid? Okay, I'm going to go that. anytime TD. Uh, Bills, they've got to win. And this is a Broncos defense that's been okay, played well the last three weeks, twice against Kansas City. Now they get Josh Allen and company, although it is in Buffalo, Monday Night Football. Bill's got to win this game. Keep pace in the AFC. It's winning time, baby. We're back at it tomorrow. Plenty to discuss. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. Hot by with Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network.